This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. This is Agents of Shield Cast, your source for the best analysis of the ABC television series Agents of Shield. With your host, Agent Andrew Johnson. If they can bring back Clark Gregg, maybe they can bring back Ed Norton. That'd be weird. Agent Bibbs Bibiani. I got all my ideas from Mr. Belvedere. Come on. Agent Gwen Reyes. Anybody that's not a huge Joss Whedon fan just really needs to pack up their whole life and move to another continent. And Agent Rod Morrow. I feel like someone just ran into your room and gave you a wedgie and then ran back out. They are the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division Critical Analysis Strike Team, a.k.a. The Shield Cast. Agents Assemble. This is episode number 17 of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast. This is Film Geek Radio's weekly podcast devoted exclusively to discussion of the ABC TV series Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm Agent Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined by my fellow members of the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division Critical Analysis Strike Team. First up, he's an all-around comics enthusiast and the founder of the Black Guy Who Tips podcast network, Agent Rod Morrow. Yellow yo. How you doing, Rod? I'm doing pretty good, man. Glad that uh, we could finally get a show together. Um, and hopefully now maybe we can start stringing together more than one episode uh, per month. Yeah, <laughs> if, if if the showrunners of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. decide to put out more than one episode a month, then yeah, that might be a possibility. Next up, she is a writer for RealVixen.com and a member of the Television Critics Association, Agent Gwen Reyes. Hey, guys. Gwen. So glad to be back. Unfortunately, Agent William Bibbs Bibiani will not be joining us today. He's about to go to South by Southwest and cover that for Crave Online, so he's very busy. So he's overwhelmed with work, and there's some there's some stuff we can't tell you. But Bibbs has some has some crazy stuff going on in his life right now, and I'm hoping in a few weeks he'll be able to come on and tell you guys all about it. It's pretty exciting stuff. Uh, but yeah, he is really super busy right now, so unfortunately he can't join us today. But uh, together we are the S.H.I.E.L.D. cast. We strive to take both an enthusiastic and critical approach to Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so there's a little something for everyone. As always, you can email us at shieldcast at filmgeekradio.com and you can access all of our episodes by subscribing on iTunes or Stitcher. If you like the show, please leave us a review. That really helps us out a lot. And if you leave us a positive review, we'll make you an honorary member of the team. You can also leave us a voicemail at 336-793-2509, so please call and leave us some feedback there. This show is being recorded live at Spreecast.com. To receive updates on when we'll be recording live, you can search for Agents of Shieldcast with all the periods in there and sign up to be alerted for whenever we do a live recording. You can also follow film underscore geek underscore radio on Twitter or any of us on Twitter for information on when we'll be recording live, and we'll give out those handles at the end of the show. Today we're going to be discussing episode 14 of season 1 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The episode is titled Tahiti. It was written by Jeffrey Bell and directed by Bobby Roth. Agent Gwen Reyes, why don't you go ahead and remind our listeners what happened this episode? Absolutely. Well, Coulson goes on the attack to save Sky, enlisting the aid of Ward's former SO, John Garrett, who's played by Bill Paxton, and he'll be with us for four episodes, and uncovers shocking truths about his own life and about S.H.I.E.L.D. Dum-dum-dum! So much As drama. usual, that official description is pretty vague. That's <laughs> true. Basically, they go to a secret underground lab where Coulson was brought back to life, and they find someone from Avatar 2 <laughs> in a tank. I just love how easy it was to find the underground lair thanks to paperwork. 
Yeah, it was very strange. I didn't quite piece that all together. Like, what's this thing that you're doing? You're waving your hands and you're going through all the data somehow. That's that's pretty cool, I guess, and kind of convenient. This is exactly why uh, the show needs Sky to uh, live. Because it was really, really weird watching someone else try to solve, you know, a technical problem without technology, you know, where they're just like, oh, you just turn it this way. It's like, I like it better when it was a bunch of like uh, cyber babble. Then I'll just assume that uh, Sky was smarter than me. <laughs> but I love that in the episode, too, that they were all like, we need Sky. We need Sky. Sky can fix all these problems. It's kind of like they were kind of commenting on our own impressions that we've all been going with like what is sky even doing anymore apparently she's in charge of all of the computer things yes all right well let's get started discussing this episode uh rod i'm going to start with you what were your overall thoughts on this episode um this episode was a little all over the place for me but it was a very fast paced um and uh i thought that uh it was a pretty simple setup some of the things that kind of threw me off this week though were like uh, when they infiltrated the shield facility, um, and they like killed two shield agents to save a shield agent. So yeah. like, that was like just this weird, like moral thing, like conundrum for me, where it's like, when did shield kind of become the quote unquote bad guys in this situation? And what are the repercussions going to be of that? Well, did they clarify, like, were those actual shield agents and shield staff or is this lab just kind of its own separate entity that occasionally shield will employ it seems to me like it was like a private contractor that works with shield because they made it a point in saying at, at i think fitz and and simmons were saying that these this was not a sky or a, a shield entity at all okay that was just weird to me like just the morality of killing those security dudes who are just doing their jobs kind of yeah i did i did enjoy the uh like kind of first emotional break for melinda may on the show where um sky you know she's upset about sky and beats the shit out of quinn um pretty mercilessly for a while there um and uh you know you can see that she's actually kind of frustrated uh which is which is kind of you know is even though it's just anger, it's more of an emotional look at the character than we've really had so far. Um, so I, I enjoyed that, um, you know, a little bit of a reveal. I wish they would have done more with uh, Ward blaming Coulson because last the time I know it's been a month, but the la- when they ended the show last month or last episode, um, he was very upset with Coulson and blaming him for everything that was going on with Sky. And in this episode, I guess, you know, pursuing the cure for Sky or whatever, they just kind of dropped it. Um, and I, I thought that would have, like, kind of been more of a thing. Uh, I enjoy Bill Paxton a lot. Like, mm-hmm. uh, just him showing up, completely buying into the, the, the character and, um, you know, just kind of loose cannon, um, uh, impossible white man uh, character of Jared. Like, that was kind of cool. Um, I enjoyed the dude, uh, Agent Tripp, um, triplet the the fight that uh he had with ward and also the chemistry apparently uh between he, he and um simmons uh this is like simmons might be down with the swirl man it's like her second brother she's checked out so you know yep i hear you uh i hear you weeding i see what you're doing I'm, I'm guessing we'll get back to uh some death lock stuff later i thought the uh joke about um 
when uh, Quinn was revealing the master plan of the clairvoyant or whatever and brought up Deathlock and uh, and Bill Paxton's like, catchy, right? Sounds like some wrestler from the 80s. Yeah, that was a good line. I actually enjoyed their banter kind of back and forth and how they didn't turn it into this adversarial relationship, how they were kind of um, buddies. Yeah, they were kind of buddies. And, you know, the whole like, oh, you should see what I could talk this guy into. And, you know, it kind of felt like there was a history there. The the lasting impression I'll get is just that um, the scene with the big reveal where Coulson finds out that apparently whatever has been, been put in them is from a half of a dead alien or something um, that is all hooked up to the tubes. Uh, because I kept wondering, like, what was the thing that made him so despondent and decide not to save Sky? You know, like, what, like, what could you possibly have seen that would make you, you know, you just killed two people, you just dedicated an entire mission, you disobeyed direct orders from Shill, you didn't release this prisoner. Like, what is it exactly that you saw that made you go, oh, f all that, I was wrong. You know, I need to, I take that back. And um, I think a half of a dead alien full, filled with uh, juice and organs that, that got pumped into, that might make you think twice about, should this shit, uh, you know, did you want this inside of your body? Um, so that would probably be my lasting impression was just that scene. All right. Well, Gwen, what did you think? Um, I also, I have the same problem that uh, Rod had. It was a little, it was a little all over the map for me. This episode, I felt like they were kind of, you know, been gone for a month kind of try to squeeze a lot of story into 45 minutes. I felt like they really did rush the whole morning period of Sky. Like, everybody was mad, and then May was like, it's not anybody's fault, it's Quinn's fault because he shot her, and then he goes, be- she goes and beats the shit out of him. So I really liked that. But I, I really want to see more of Coulson and uh, Bill Paxton. I'm really excited about seeing more of their kind of back and forth and their banter. And it's kind of was like moving too slow and then too fast and i wanted to kind of slow down a little bit more and see i I did like though the reveal of not showing what colson saw until after sky got the med got the injection so there was nothing we could do it was a very final moment and so now both of them have to live with the fact that they've both almost died or died and they both have this alien substance in them and it's kind of like this really great argument of what is utilitarian what is the greater good and i think that that where we're going to see this coming up that colson and sky and maybe colson may not even tell sky what's inside of her maybe he'll just let it go and that's going to be a really interesting thing for him to kind of keep a secret for the next couple of episodes that's true that's true because colson didn't exactly keep a lot of secrets this episode he was just kind of like hey guys here's what's been going on with me yeah colson was very vocal this episode that was a very it's interesting to see his character kind of changing and it makes you wonder if maybe whatever that alien goo is is maybe truth serum i remember saying a couple weeks back was like i wanted to see how the reveal of what tahiti was you know like the mental memory the memory of like wanting to die and all that stuff kind of coming back I really wanted to see like how that would affect him because this is a guy who believed that Shield was his family and all of this stuff. And it is kind of interesting seeing him kind of go anti secret, you know, where he's just like, Oh yeah, yeah, okay, that was uh false memory implants and it's just like, Whoa, you're just uh, I think Bill Paxson just walked on the ship. Like you're just telling him you didn't tell your entire crew for, you know, twelve episodes. So I, I actually kind of um you know, and even him giving the medical report to Fitz and Simmons, you know, stuff like that, where you're just like, man, he is completely 100% on board with 
the people in this crew are my family. At one point, it even says that uh, they're Sky's family when they go to the hospital. Um, so, so it's like he's really running with, I'm going to run my ship like a family. I also forgot to mention, I enjoyed the, um, the moment where Triplet and, uh, Jarek board the bus and they're kind of like almost envious of the digs. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, but then they use that and say, oh, well, it must have made you soft. Yeah. Yeah. He's like looking, there's a bar in there and stuff. Cause it's like, you know, I, I like those moments where we realize this team is just not really shield protocol. Like these. Yeah. Guys, they're special. Right. And I, you know, I, I think they should add moments of that every single episode where it's just like, this is why this, this is why we're watching these guys and not some other group of guys because apparently they run stuff completely not by the book. Right. Um, overall, I agree with both of you. I had kind of mixed feelings about this episode. I mean, there was nothing I particularly hated about it, but there was also nothing that really, really jumped out to me aside from that final reveal, which was so out of left field, I'd really, I'm, I'm not quite sure how, to feel, how I feel about it. I'm still processing it. I think visually this episode was a lot more bland than I would have hoped for an episode like this. I think that secret underground lab, you know, it was so dark most of the time. Mm -hmm. You didn't really get a chance to kind of see what the environment is. And I was just thinking, really, this is all it is in a secret underground base? This is all you're going to show me? Mm -hmm. I was a little bit disappointed by that. And also, I, I feel like the writers are maybe... They, they, they've given themselves, a, once again, a few too many balls to keep in the air um, because you got everything with the clairvoyant. You got everything with Sky and her powers. Now you've got everything with this weird blue alien. And I'm just wondering how they're all going to manage to keep it straight. There's a, there's a moment in this episode when Quinn basically says, oh, didn't tell Deathlock to shoot Sky." The clairvoyant told me to shoot Sky, so that's why I shot Sky. And I was thinking, okay, well, first of all, that's really inefficient. <laughs> the clairvoyant could just have told Deathlock, honestly. Second of all, how would the, I mean, if, if you're going to shoot Sky, does the clairvoyant just automatically know that you're going to shoot her in a way that won't kill her? Because that was supposedly the goal to, to shoot her and then. You know, as Coulson figures out what's been done to him, the clairvoyant is supposedly going to be able to see that as well. And I was just like, that just seems a little, a little kind of shaky to me. Your, your logic there, like, what if Quinn had shot her in the head? What, you know, I'm just. Uh... Yeah, I'll, it was also weird too because like they haven't really defined how the clairvoyant's powers work. And right, I was like, how can the clairvoyant see it this time but not before and why would they be able like why would they think that you know they why would he think that he could see what's going to happen with sky in this situation and 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 how she would be you know like how she would get healed and like also like why would they care so much because they were basically like well the clairvoyant sees everything except what happened to you it's like okay well you missed one this you know like what like, what is the thing that is driving the clairvoyant? Like, I, I really feel like they're going to have to make that reveal something really good to justify all the histrionics in this episode. Right. Like, I'm starting to get the impression, okay, the clairvoyant can see everything that has already happened. 
but maybe cannot see the future. But isn't that just like a human? Right. Yeah. This is like all. Well, right. Except, except, like, if I was clairvoyant, Rod, I'd be able to tell you exactly what you ate for breakfast oh, this morning, right. and I would know everything about you that's happened so far. But maybe I wouldn't be able to tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. You guys follow me on Twitter, though. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's it. The clairvoyant is just really good at Twitter. but yeah so i'm wondering okay can the clairvoyant see the future i'm starting to think maybe not otherwise the clairvoyant would be able to see what colson ultimately discovered from the very beginning and if the clairvoyant can't see the future did the clairvoyant give quinn very specific instructions you need to shoot sky exactly in this way so she doesn't die so that I'll, be, you know, it's just, it's just a little bit. I'm having trouble putting the pieces together. Also, with that, um, <clears throat> because they destroyed the facility <clears throat> anyway. So, does the clairvoyant? Did they want to use the facility? Did they just want to know where it was? Or right, like now that Colson has seen the blue guy, has the clairvoyant seen the blue yeah, guy? That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, like yeah, that really. I mean, maybe this is just, you know, obviously these are questions that can be answered through further you know show development um and maybe these are the questions they want us to be asking but it just felt like this episode more than any other episode this season for me gave me the most questions like i just like i ended this episode like it was a episode of lost where i was just like okay um i'm now asking about the clairvoyance powers i don't know who that what that blue dude was um you know i i have speculation but there's no nothing really that led me in that scene to believe that, you know, that that's something we've seen before in the uh, Marvel universe as far as the films and then this show. Another thing that um, had me asking a lot of questions was um, in addition to just like the clairvoyance um, powers or whatever, like does Quinn have one of those eye things? Like, what's the thing keeping him doing whatever the plan is? How did he know to shoot Sky? Yeah, is the, is the clairvoyant telepathic? Yeah. Maybe the clairvoyant is Quinn. Nope. Okay. Mm. I don't know. Maybe. No, I mean. Maybe. You know, I'm maybe. This show's kind of that lazy, so, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, they have. Classic Mr. X. They have presented a lot of uh, rogues. Like, actually, um, really Gwen I would think that was kind of clever I think that's a little more clever than the show has shown like they've kind of done a lot of paint by number stuff with their bad guys that actually would be interesting if it was someone and we already had been introduced to them like I would actually be impressed if they were able to be like to go back and trace steps of like oh here's a clue to why you should have known Quinn was the guy and all this all this time like I would love that I don't. I think it'll probably be somebody that we haven't seen yet. Well, we know it's not a woman because that's the only thing that they have told us. That's true. All right. Well, let's start talking specifics. I want to talk about Bill Paxton. Who doesn't want to talk about Bill Paxton? He was an interesting presence on this show. I'm not sure what I was expecting when I heard he was gonna gonna be on the show. He seemed far more low-key than I had anticipated. He seemed a bit more normal, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, you tell me you're bringing on Bill Paxton. I'm expecting him to chew the scenery kind of like he did in Two Guns, for example. And he didn't really seem to be doing that. He wasn't hamming it up all Bill Paxton-like this episode. And that was good in some ways. And then in other ways, I was kind of like, oh, Bill Paxton, I wish you were doing a bit more. Yeah. 
how did you guys feel about that? I felt also the same that in this episode, at least that there was, he wasn't really doing much except for maybe talking to Quinn in a way that Coulson couldn't do. But there's also the, there's also the knowledge that he's going to be around for a couple of more, for three more episodes. And so there's still more that he can do some more revealing. I do like that they established an instant rapport between him and Coulson that they do go way back that they are friendly because it's nice to see Coulson with his friends and see him kind of go comfortable so that's the one thing I do. But I do kind of agree that I didn't really – there wasn't really anything special about his performance. Right. And there's also – they also point out that uh, Garrett knows Ward and was his former mm-hmm. SO. So mm-hmm. if they continue this whole thread of Ward is upset with Colson and doesn't like how Colson's running things – that does leave open the possibility that maybe Ward could one day just be like, all right, I'm going to go work with Garrett again because I don't like you anymore. I actually uh, enjoy Paxton a lot, man. Um, I didn't expect him to ham it up too hard. Um, but, you know, but that's also because Gwen told us he was going to be on for a while. So I didn't like I was I was kind of like I think if it was going to be on for like one episode and you've had this like need to impress everybody, it probably would have just happened right like right away, like some major plot development but it feels like whatever's happening they're setting us up where it's like he's kind of cool right guys and then uh, in three episodes we'll be like oh man what a dick didn't see that yeah. coming. um so i i, I was kind of cool with him i like i really enjoyed the camaraderie it's kind of about time they had someone from shield that wasn't a complete dick to them um so i was kind of cool with this idea of like oh they're buddies um he had a really i'm sure it was his stunt man but he had a really sweet move where he hurdles a desk and uh like uh knocks a dude out, shoots some point blank range. Um, I thought that that was pretty cool. I don't know at his age if he could really pull that off or not, but you know, a pretty sweet move. So uh I was I I enjoy Bill Paxton a lot, man. And I actually enjoyed that triplet dude too. I don't know if I've ever seen him in anything else, but uh I enjoyed his adversarial slash peer relationship with Ward. Yeah, I actually like Triplet a lot, and I want to, I want to see him more on the show. I kind of feel like they they the writers were kind of like, uh oh, we had one black guy, we made him evil, so right. now we need another good black guy to show up. And I like how they're developing his relationship with Simmons. I want to see more of him. I really liked him. I liked him when he was on. Um, he did a couple episodes of Sons of Anarchy, so I got excited when I saw him. I was like, oh. Yeah, nice. it was very, um, oh man, we made all our minorities bad people. We gotta, uh, fix this. Like, cause, uh, the show was doing that for a while and then, um, they did it with Deathlock and now it's like, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, probably want somebody that's cool. So yeah, glad that, uh, you know, glad they had a little chemistry going and, uh, we'll see what happens with him and Simmons too. Well, speaking of Bill Paxton's four episode arc, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but, I noticed it a few times in the in the days leading up to this episode. ABC was promoting this new string of episodes as Agents of Shield Uprising. Mm-hmm. That this some there's some subplot going on called Uprising. And I was just wondering what you guys think that means. Do you think it's important? Is it just a marketing ploy? It's just pure marketing. I think it's probably getting so that people can kind of feel like they can just come in and it's like a little mini mini episodes, you know, like a mini run. So if they haven't seen all the episodes previously, they could come in and catch up pretty quickly, which I kind of believe is pretty true. I mean, they did a pretty good job of providing a lot of exposition in this episode and especially 
now knowing that next week is going to be the Jamie Alexander and Lorelai or the Lady Sith and Lorelai arc. It's very much, it seems like next week is going to be a very much standalone episode. Um, I think it has something to do with the Captain America movie. Because yeah. if it's going to be a four episode arc and it's called Uprising and then Winter Soldier is coming out and in all the trailers, S.H.I.E.L.D. looks to be the quote unquote bad guy. And in the comic books, S.H.I.E.L.D. does this too where S.H.I.E.L.D. goes from kind of a, you know, good guy, hero, save to all of a sudden big hand of government to, you know, where eventually everybody's like, wait a minute, guys. Um, S.H.I.E.L.D. switches over to being proactive against bad stuff before it happens. You know, what I'm so if you kind of think about that, you know, it's like minority report level shit, but there's no minority report uh telepaths or technology where they're predicting crime they're just like uh why don't we just you know invade this country first before they can even get a nuke right well and i and i think with this guy you know with this crew especially they're up in the air they're not necessarily tapping into shield every single day so there's things that are happening on the ground that they're not really privy to and i think that there's a great example of that when colson was trying to get in contact with shield about sky and they like i mean essentially wouldn't take his phone calls right and i feel like there's something happening on the ground that yes may be evolving in the winter soldier but that there's something happening on the ground that they're not really privy to and that might have something to do with what garrett's popping in because he might be spying on them or reporting back to shield what's happening yeah he had to leave a message for fury like that was Mm -hmm. crazy um and and that was the thing though is like maybe it'll tie into that and maybe that's why they're calling it uprising so that it'll be like you know these are the rebels of shield you know like this which is kind of what we've been saying for a while that we were wanting it was that we were I, wanting them to kind of revolt against shield exactly so that's what I'm hoping anyway all right well let's talk about the big reveal at the end this blue guy in a tank apparently he's like cut in half mm-hmm. he doesn't have eyes he doesn't have any hair. He looks like a crazy version of Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen. What do you guys think is up with that? Because I did not see that coming at all. And there's a part of me that's like, yay, this is exciting. I didn't expect that. And then there's another part of me that's like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. So what do you you think? It's funny is that I didn't – maybe I'm just daft or I was – sleeping or something while I was watching it. But I didn't quite understand that he was that what was inside of him was providing the formula for the GH. And then now talking about it, I'm like, oh, the poor guy, he was like stolen from some alien planet. And they found out that he's got secret goo inside of him that heals all people. And that must be super shitty because he probably has a wife somewhere. Okay, quick question for you guys, though. Do you think that that GH325, is that really what healed Sky and Coulson? Or was it something else that healed Coulson and Sky's powers are what healed her? I think it was wishful thinking. Okay. I think I think it has something to do with that GH whatever because, you know, her heart rate did spike and, um, mm-hmm. you know, they did inject her. Um, I think the fact that she didn't die and it happened so matter-of-factly maybe they're trying to hint at sky being like an alien because you know can't forget she's also a uh a object of unknown origin so mm-hmm. maybe there's something different about her makeup that made the process super uh, easy yeah easier than it would have been for uh Coulson. 
I, I totally agree about that. I think that there is something about Sky that allowed the the essence of that to really kind of instantly heal her sort of like a vampire in a way. Whereas Coulson, if we remember, he had to go through not only just the injections of that and probably more than just a tiny vial that Simmons guessed on how much to give. Mm -hmm. He had to also have his brain reconstructed. He had to have actual surgery, whereas Sky and maybe it was her wound and maybe it was also the fact that she can just heal herself. And this kind of just expedited that that process a little bit. Do you guys think this whole blue guy in a tank thing, is this going to be something that is a standalone element of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., or is this going to tie into the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe? Like, is this going to somehow be related to Captain America Winter Soldier or Guardians of the Galaxy? I hope it does. I think that would make a lot of sense. And that's what I think fans of the show and of the Cinematic Universe want. They want to see things. They want to be rewarded for being fans of all elements of the of the series and so by introduce, and that's also really cool if they're, uh, if they are introducing something in S.H.I.E.L.D. that will then be used in Winter Soldier and, or in Guardians of the Galaxy. That's kind of a really fun little Easter egg for people. Yeah, even if it's small, I'd, I'd be okay with it. I, I'm still of the uh, mind that I don't think the show can or should get too big and too intertwined with the movie world because I feel like that's, uh, dangerous precedent and will constantly lead to people being let down by the show because it's just you know budget wise uh actors like um pacing there's just so much there's only so much you can do with the show compared to you know a movie that might take two years to make what two hours of entertainment so i worry about that stuff but if it's just something small like this is you know the equivalent of one of the uh the dead chitari or something like, I would be okay with, like, oh, okay, so someone found one and they found some things to do with it, rather than being like, and this is the secret, you know, special alien from Guardian of the Galaxies, guys. Isn't that crazy? Like, I, I hope they don't do that. So, Rod, in all of your experience with comics, you've never come across a race of crazy blue people from outer space or that were genetically engineered or something? There's a few, man. I mean, it could be a Cree. What's a Cree? Uh, the Kree and the, um, the, the Scrolls, they like fought, they fought this war. They're two alien races that, uh, they fight this huge war and occasionally it spills over into Earth. And then like Earth's heroes get involved. I think the Scrolls are like the quote unquote bad guys. They can like shape change into other, um, people and, and, and human form and stuff. Um, at one point they even infiltrate, um, the Avengers and there's like, there's con like I don't know if they'll ever do it on movies or not, but there's constantly um this these um episodes of Avengers and stuff where the storytelling where they secretly invade all of the heroes by just pretending to be them. And then like it gets revealed later, like, oh wow, these guys are all secret aliens trying to take over the world. So maybe they're kind of leaking into that or something, but I, I don't think it'll be a one off thing, but I kinda I wouldn't mind it being a one off thing just because uh, that that's a slippery slope, and it could leak over into the movies. Well, yeah, I don't know what to make of this whole thing with the blue guy, and like, okay, so now that Coulson and Sky have been injected with this alien goo, are they going to turn into aliens, or is it going to give them both powers, or what's the what's the deal? Yeah, and he's dead now. I mean, he's gone because they and they blew up the whole lab, so he's for sure not around anymore. Look. If all I have to say is, okay, I know that he had to get out of there in like two minutes. It would have taken like five seconds 
just pull out your phone, Instagram that thing, okay? Huh. Take it up on the internet. Yeah, I was like, why don't they just grab some other medicines? Yeah, to have like a sample. Yeah, for the heat, just for the heck of it, man. Just uh, like grab some other stuff. You might know what you'll need. You guys do some crazy wacky missions here. What's this picture you've pulled up here, Rod? Yeah, the, those are pictures of Kree. Um, okay. Like from the Marvel Universe, as you can see, blue kind of have that same claw hand thing going that uh yeah that the alien had. So it could be that man. That does look kind of like him. Oh. I can totally see that happening. Okay. Interesting. So now I'm wondering, okay, the got the Kree involved in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Is this going to be related to, to Guardians of the Galaxy somehow? What's going on? Because I'll be honest, this week it seems like Marvel has really been trying to push the Cinematic Universe as a whole. You've got the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer that came out. You've got this episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which was filled with promos for Winter Soldier. You've got next week's episode, which is all about Lorelai and Lady Sif from Thor. It seems like they're really trying to get people focused on that idea of, oh, there's some really, really big mythology going on here that we're going to start playing with. Yeah, it's going to, yeah. I mean, and like I said, it could be something that they're going to do in a movie or two, because like that secret invasion thing is huge in the avengers universe so the whole you know shape-shifting double crossing and all this stuff like i hate that story personally i hate all things that involve people that can shape change into other people but um it you know it i would not be surprised to see if they tried to tackle that well the cmh in the chat room pointed out something interesting he says uh, i'm curious how what colson did will tie in with fury wouldn't you think Fury has to make a S.H.I.E.L.D. appearance to react to Coulson blowing that place up? Not only that, I had two thoughts about that. One, isn't it curious that Coulson was basically put in the same spot Fury was put in and made the same exact decision? Uh-huh. You know, like, as much as he seems to resent what was done to him and all this stuff, when push came to shove, he just didn't want to lose Scott and was willing to kill, to do whatever it took to get her back. Um, and then, yeah, number two, I didn't realize that that wasn't a, a shield facility, so I probably need to rewatch some of the episode. But, um, yeah, even still, you guys blew that up and killed two dudes. Like that, like, that is a line over what they have done in the past. And it wasn't like before where it was, these guys are evil. Like, those are just two dudes working security, you know, at this facility. They weren't – and even – even then, they weren't really being dicks. They were just, just kind of like, you guys don't have the password, guys, so we can't let you in. We've got to get that through the right protocol. And they're just like, kill these motherfuckers. Yeah, that is an interesting thing that the show is kind of going darker. Yeah, the episode actually kind of seemed to go out of its way to make them people. Like, it gave them a short scene together talking about, oh, hey, who are these people outside? Hey, I guess we got to get ready to go fight them. And then, all right, you go left. And... Then they just die, and I was like, okay, what's going on here? Why did you even bother to have that scene if you're just going to kill them off? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny because like, they do have that cute moment of, all right, you take the left. And then it's like, oh, maybe these guys aren't so bad. Oh, they're dead? Mm. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was- Where was the secret base? Remind me, which part of the world was this base in? In a uh, mountain. Is a mountain somewhere. Was it in the United States? I don't think so. I want to say, I don't know. I can't remember. I thought I remember. It wasn't Tahiti. That was a lie. Tahiti was an acronym also. That was weird. 
Yeah. I'm just wondering, like, okay, there's this huge mountain that just blew up and collapsed. Is a government going to notice that? What's, <laughs> you know, how do you cover that up? Right. What is the precedent for blowing up the equivalent of someone else's uh, Grand Canyon? Like, is, did, did they just start a war by blowing up a mountain? Yes. Okay. I mean, is what if that mountain range was in, like, South Korea or something, and now the Koreans are going to be like, oh, no, North Korea attacked us. You know, I mean, there's so much, so many geopolitical things to consider when you're going to blow up a mountain. I don't think anyone was just considering anything in this episode. <laughs> there was like a total lack of consideration because if they were considerate, they would have just let Sky die. It does make you wonder. Uh, I think Gwen said earlier, or maybe it was Andrew, but um, this idea that maybe they're like, you know what, guys, let's start over fresh. People, we're going to be coming off a break. We'll have uh, the Captain America movie to build up towards for a month. Let's just pretend like everything before this doesn't matter that much. And we're just going to make new, darker, badass shield. uh, And we're just going to do it. You know, like maybe that's what happened, because I do feel like this was out of character for so much of what they've built up so far this uh, this season. We'll see. Now the fact that they've said, okay, Bill Paxton's only around for four episodes, and there's this whole little subplot called Uprising. Now I'm wondering, okay, how important is this overall to the season as a whole? Is it just going to be a little subplot for a couple episodes that really, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't matter a whole lot? And I'm tempted to say, well, okay, it has to matter because there's a crazy alien blue guy now, but I don't know. I'm going to be kind of disappointed if this, you know, we, we reach the end of this three or four episode arc and then it's just kind of like, wait, that's it? You, that's all you're going to do with it? It'd yeah. be really cool if, like, whatever they did made that alien blue dude wake up and be alive. But he's, I mean, he's bar- buried under rubble now. I don't know if he's come back. All right, guys, I figured it out. In four episodes, Coulson and Sky are both going to turn blue. They'll turn into aliens. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have blue Clark Gregg running around. I would totally be up they for that. They blew themselves. They blew themselves. Yeah, they now. blew themselves. Mm-hmm. They'll, go, they'll go to Vegas and start a, a show and <laughs> the Blue Man Group. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> they'll form a new group called Blue Shield. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a question for you. What do you think that acronym means? What do I think Tahiti means? Yeah. Man, I didn't even try. Like, honestly, I've given up with acronyms in this fucking show, man. Like, <laughs> they, they, like, the, some of the, ep- like, I, they lost me when they had episode titles with acronyms and didn't even explain why, like, tracks. And, yeah. <laughs> like, I really wanted them to at least give a, give a damn, but I'm, I've decided that they're going to treat it like, um, Hammer, which in the comic books, Hammer is, uh, this organization that gets started. Uh, that's kind of supposed to be the opposite of Shield, like the, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna run things differently than Shield. We're not gonna be like, you know, the big brother. Uh, Victoria Hand, uh, gets hired and her first job is to come up with what the acronym for Hammer means. And she never does. So fuck it. You guys win. Name all the show's acronyms. I don't care anymore. Oh. <laughs> and they might start doing that. It'll be like how Grey's Anatomy names all their shows after songs. I think the acronym stands for Totally Awesome Humanoid in a Tank Intravenously? <laughs> Medicine? Question I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty good. 
<laughs> I don't know. Um, all right, so let's let's talk about this uh, this little closing scene, this lead in for next week's episode. What did you guys think of that? I felt really bad for the the new bride. Oh yeah, left. <laughs> I want to see an episode just about her, about the people that are kind of left behind while all of their superhero stuff is going on. They just the normal people who are like, "Come on, why are you ruining my life?" That would be pretty great, actually. Uh, I absolutely do not want to see that. Um, Here's the thing. Um, (laughs) Lorelai is the sister of Enchantress um, from the Thor universe. And Enchantress, she can, like, make men do whatever she wants by, you know, obviously enchanting them. Um, I didn't know her sister had that power, but apparently she can do that shit, too. And I I guess uh, we're going to get some good gender gender wars next week. Because it's going to be the men are all, you know, enchanted by Lorelai. And it's looking like in the scene for next week when they showed her about the fight Ward that he was somehow falling under her spell. So uh, it looks like we'll get to see some good infighting and maybe we'll get to see May fight Ward. And, uh, you know, some I love the messy stuff, man. I love like this episode, while it was cool, could have totally saved me with a little bit more of that messy romantic stuff. You know, if uh, if Fitz would have been jealous of Trip, uh, I totally would have been like, this This episode is an A+. Plus. I forgive everything. So uh, I definitely need more messy stuff. You need stuff more smooching. Yeah, more smooching, more uh, awkward moments with May and Ward and Coulson, um, any of that stuff. So next week seems rife with possibilities. I don't know how that's going to fit Bill Paxton in anything, but um, I will, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. Also, in the preview, looks like Lady Sif's going to be more than a token appearance. So um, that'll be awesome if uh, somehow she can be involved in the episode. Hopefully that's not wishing too high, but if she can be involved in the episode and not just kind of like before when the cameos are like two minutes, I, I would love to see her like kind of interact with the team. I want to see Lady Sif versus Melinda May. Who would win? Mm. Oh, yeah. Lady Sif. Also, why can Lorelai only enchant men? That seems kind of heterosexist. Yeah, they do the same thing in the same thing with her sister Enchantress. Like, they both, their powers for some reason work on men only because we're. It's 2014. She should be able to seduce a few women, too. We just, okay. We're the dumber sex, uh, apparently. I guess so. Yeah, that is true. Okay. I would love to see, though, that would be really cool, though. That's a great point, Andrew. I would love to see, like, like she hypnotizes a room full of men and then, like, maybe one chick. You know, we're like, <laughs> we're like oh, okay. It could happen. Right. Like, yeah. We just learned something about Melinda May. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, all right. Any other thoughts on Tahiti, this episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? A lot happened. There need to be repercussions. All right. I would love someone to just bring up the fact that you killed those guys and blew up that facility in another country and were completely off book um, and didn't return any um, phone calls about releasing the prisoner. Like I would have really loved for someone like for, for stuff like this to start counting against the team. That is a, I think they've done a good job establishing that this team is kind of rogue and does things differently I would love to see those things start piling up as it kind of becomes more them versus shield. Um, I think it's a, I think not only would that be, you know, interesting, but it would for the show's sake be a pretty inexpensive way to make bad guys, you know, where it's like 
we don't need to bring in, you know, the superhero of the week. We can just, you know, these guys are on the run from their own organization as well as, you know, going out here trying to do their job. So I, I think it would be a cool way for the show to go. All right. Well, Rod, do we have any questions in the chat room? Why, yes, we do have questions in the chat room. Keybell15 says, could this blue creature bring in a small tie-in to Aliens of the Game? I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I think that's what we're leading to. I absolutely do. I think there's more coming. I think that'd be pretty cool. I finally saw the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy. Did you guys? Mm-hmm. I have not seen it yet. No, I'm, I'm avoiding all trailers, hopefully. Really? Yeah, I think I try to avoid trailers whenever I can, especially for like the big blockbusters. I want to just go in and be surprised. Now, you are a movie critic. I don't know if you know this, but... I am a movie critic, which so I got to separate the movie from the marketing. I hear yep. you, buddy. I do the same sometimes, usually. Yeah, I think... Unless you... it's Tom Hiddleston. If it's Tom Hiddleston, I watch it over and over again. Yeah, I think you, you can watch seven. this trailer, Andrew. You'll be fine. Like I was really tempted to, but so far I've been able to hold out. Okay. So we'll I'll, see how long I can make it. I will not try to break you. I'm sorry, man. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but, uh, yeah, that trailer was pretty interesting. Um, I, I don't know how much of a tie-in they're going to do to the Marvel Universe because it is really trippy. Like, it's out there. So um, from what I saw, like, that universe existing in the same universe as, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. and Iron Man uh, is going to be... It's kind of strange. Yeah, it's going to be hard to see if they ever put those guys in another movie or work together with anyone else because what they're trying to do there is so, like... It almost feels futuristic, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my problem with it, is it feels like it's in a distant future than the world we're currently in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely... It's almost like an alternative reality or something. Like, I, I mean, not that that's bad or anything, but just... Like, I actually kind of like this idea of, hey, man, let's just do some other shit. Like, you got some shit just going on way over here. All right, guys, you guys do your thing in, in these other movies, and that's cool. That's cute. You guys all work together. Let's just do some really trippy, far-out comic book stuff. Like, not try to Nolanize it just straight up. These are the weird, like, quirky things that happen in comic books all the time. And this is a true – the trailer looks like a true comic book movie, right? They're not even trying to – like, there's no – Oh, we'll kind of ground it in some real world element, elements. It's just like, nah, it's just like a talking tree. Like, <laughs> fuck it. And I kind of, I kind of am excited about that. So I don't, all that to say, I don't know how much they'll try to relate this to Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, maybe it'll just be a small nod or something because that universe is trippy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how do you put that into this? That is so trippy compared to what we get every week on Agents of Shield. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to be able to tie it all together, but. I think they're going to at least try, and it's going to be interesting to see what they what they try to do. Yeah. All right, any more questions? Maybe we'll get Rocket Raccoon to show up next week. That'll be cool. Bradley Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matthew Chad says, hi, Gwen. My name's Matthew. I'm a big fan of Marvel Agents of XXXXX, a bunch of Xs. Uh, oh. I think you have a fan. Awesome. Gwen. I am too, Matthew. I'm glad that you're a fan of the yeah. show. Yeah. Please don't stalk her. Yeah. <laughs> or if you do, <laughs> yeah. the sunflower is not dead bodies. Don't be <laughs> Be one of those cool stalkers. Yeah. Does stuff like pay student loans. <laughs> uh, Michael T. Ford wrote this on Twitter. He said, what if the clairvoyant knows this guy is an 085 and is doing an experiment with her? Oh, 
Yeah, what if Coulson's not really the objective? What if it's Sky? That's I was kind of thinking that that it wasn't all about Coulson, like that it was really about getting to Sky, and it was really about making the team vulnerable and Sky, because now Sky's going to have something against him. Now she's going to know she. I mean, if she finds out that she died, she's going to be very untrusting of the people that are surrounding her. Yeah, it's weird though, right? Because like one, she took her cure way easier. Two. Mm-hmm. What if she's okay with it? Because her attitude with all the secrets being revealed to her completely perplexed Coulson before all this stuff went down. Like, he thought she would join him in his, like, bitterness. And she was like, oh, no, this is cool. Like, I've always had a family. You guys have always looked out for me. I'm not alone. Yay. And he was like, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) no, this is a violation of our trust. So, uh, it'll be cool to see, like, especially uh, in light of him telling everybody, everyone's secrets the last uh, show. It'll be cool to see if he is um, diametrically opposed to um, to Sky when she wakes up. If she's the one who's all, thank you for saving me. And he's the one like, I'm so sorry I saved you. I think season two is going to be a legal thriller. And it's just going to be Coulson getting court-martialed for revealing confidential information to everybody around him. Yeah, Sky will be testifying mm-hmm. against him. Yep. Yeah. It's going to be like, sorry, Coulson, this is S.H.I.E.L.D. You've been telling secrets to everybody. That's not cool. I think they should do, like, True Detective and just um, have an entirely different S.H.I.E.L.D. crew that we follow for season two. Done. I'm on it. It's oh, awesome. That would be that would be interesting, I'm yeah. Super, I'm super into the anthology style of filmmaking right now. Yeah. Give yep. me something yep. different. We could have like uh, Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson like be in shield and uh, solve solve murders. Oh, we got a question from the CMH in the chat room. Let me put it on screen. Let me see. Uh, How do I do this? Okay. How do you think Sky is going to react to what happened? Is that the question you want to talk about? Mm -hmm. Well, I think like we said, I think that she's either going to be super cool about it or it's going to send her into a tailspin. I think she's going to be cool with it. I think she's going to be like, oh, hey, Colson, thanks for saving my life. Yeah. And he's going to be rife with just depression from it. Yeah. Right. I think this is more about how Colson's going to react to Scott being back and then to himself kind of being a hypocrite here, man. Like, And maybe he's dealing with that. Maybe he's going to be dealing with the fact that he did something that he was so against on his own, kind of like dealing with after the adrenaline's gone. Like, how do you live your life now? Yeah, dude. He he blanked. Like all that shit they did was completely off book and out of protocol. Like, mm-hmm. and and especially how he's been railing against that the whole fucking season. He went back on everything because he loves Sky, man. So, you know, maybe he can stop being a dick about what Fury did and uh, you know get back to doing his job. I just want to know when is he gonna come out and just be like, all right, guys. So that new drug we found is alien goo. Yeah, it's people. <laughs> Soylent green is people. I just hope that it. <laughs> I just hope that it is. He just uses the phrase alien goo. Yes. Uh, and of course, uh, before we end, line of the show has to be, "How'd you guys get this sweet ride? I died, tight." <laughs> yeah, I think I might be willing to die if, when they brought me back, I could have some cool. <laughs> planes and stuff i'd do it but only if i got that fish tank <laughs> i just love the juxtaposition of garrett's 
plane sitting on top of the bus. Yes. And just how sad and tiny it looks. I was like, oh. <laughs> and Colson goes, they better not scratch my paint job. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast. Write it and let us know what you thought of this episode, Tahiti, and what you think of the podcast. Uh, you can email us at shieldcast at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com. You can also leave us a voicemail through the website or call in at 336-793-2509. Be sure to subscribe to us through iTunes and Stitcher. And if you like us, please write us a review. That really helps us out a lot. And if you really like the show and you'd like to financially support us, you can donate to us by going to filmgeekradio.com, going to the support section and clicking the donate button. That money really helps us out and goes towards helping us pay for hosting and bandwidth and all of the other costs that come with producing the show. Uh, we also have an affiliates page that you can use to visit some of our partners, including Amazon. And anything you purchase from our affiliates, if you use our site to get there, we will get a small percentage of whatever you spend. So you can go ahead and pre-order the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on DVD and Blu-ray and uh, help us out at the same time. And as always, be sure to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio, including Cinema Fix, The Thin Place, and Detect This, which is our really popular brand new show all about the uh, first season of True Detective, uh, so which uh, is it's pretty crazy. Yeah, Gwen, you've been on the podcast, and uh, yeah, True Detective is a great show. You guys should all be watching. All right, Agent Rod Morrow, where can people find you online? You can go to theblackguytips.com um, and find me on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podomatic by searching The Black Guy Who Tips. Uh, don't forget, you can uh, follow me on Twitter, uh, Rodimus Prime. Or uh, go to Rod Live Tweets to follow my uh, live tweets of different TV shows that I'm into. Um, and uh, that's that's probably the best way to get in contact with me. Make sure you guys watch the Spreecast. If you're in here, follow the Spreecast. Um, watch it live if you get a chance. You can always watch the replay um, every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, ladies get in uh, free until 6. <laughs> nice. Agent Gwen Reyes, where can people find you? Um, you guys can find me at realvixen.com and freshfiction.com, as well as Red Carpet Crash and uh, boomstickcomics.com, where I do a media podcast every week, um, and uh, here as well with Agents of Shieldcast. And you can find my film and TV criticism at moviemezzanine.com and patheos.com. Also, for the next couple of weeks, I'm uh, I'll be contributing over to. Bibbs's primary outlet, uh, Crave Online. Uh, I've reviewed a couple episodes of Helix for them, and I'm also going to be reviewing every episode of the second season of Hannibal. So if you're a fan of Hannibal, check out my reviews over at Crave Online. And you can, of course, find me co-hosting a couple other podcasts on Film Geek Radio, uh, including Cinema Fix and Detect This. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at WriterAndrew, and I hope that you'll do so so we can keep talking about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That'll wrap it up for this episode, Agents Disassemble. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!